never had put those together in that way. And if you delivered that to somebody, I think if they saw that whole picture, they're like, oh, I, I just had to start. <laughs> like, October, November, December, January, February, March, here we are. And she's made such amazing progress just making small changes over time. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Schooling Struggle Podcast. It is our belief that the only guarantee in life is that we're all going to struggle. And how we choose to embrace our struggles is what empowers us to become the best versions of ourselves. I'm Pete, coming to you from my cold basement. With me is my co-host and friend, Todd Ellis, coming to you from just outside of Seattle, near Tacoma, Washington. What's up, Todd? What's happening, Peter? How's it going? (laughs) Uh, it's going great. It's going great. I have really good news. Yeah. What's your good news? When we record, I have to turn all heating systems off in my house because they make noise and it gets picked up by the microphone. But my heating system, uh, went junk over the weekend and my house is barely above freezing, but I didn't have to turn the heater off tonight and it's, we're good. So there's one less thing I had to do to prepare for tonight's conversation. Wow. I guess that's a blessing in disguise for you. Sitting here in three layers, long sleeve, hoodie, sweatshirt, full winter hat on, huh. inside the house. What is uh, it, a balmy, a balmy 58? Oh, not even close. Oh, really? Like how no. cold? How High cold 40s. High 40s. Really? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But pipes aren't freezing and the part has been ordered. Uh, 1800 bucks just to start the process. And oh, then we, we're going to build from there. Well, I'm sure you'll have a... I don't know what to say about that. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry your heat went out, but you got the wood stove, right? So it's not so yeah, It's outside of my control. There's nothing I can do about it unless there I learn is. how to fix uh learn how to fix heaters and I mm. I don't I don't have the skills. What's the it's outside good. temperature? Uh outside temperature is just below freezing. Yeah. Well, High oh, 20s. good luck with that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Luck only happens when preparation meets opportunity and I'm prepared oh. to get this thing fixed. So this let's is go. fantastic. <laughs> What's the old saying? I believe in luck. And what I've learned is the harder I work, the luckier I get. Oh, you're, you're so many. I love putting the quips. And it's like, I'm just, I just started thinking about it. Now I'm going to have to go back and re- I'll have to listen to those like three times before I can get them all. It's, it's, it's so, oh, so man. fun. Todd has really stepped it up with the show notes. If you haven't just scrolled through those show notes, he does the quotes and quips, which is like the main takeaways from our conversation. It's really cool just to read through them without even listening to the podcast. Yeah, thanks. I put some work yeah. in it. I, I got to like it. I got a good template. I got a good structure now. So thank you for that feedback. Anyways, what's nice. on your mind today, Peter? Where are we going? Well, I think we just need to start. Oh, okay. What are we starting? The topic for tonight's conversation is that, just start. And the premise that we're going to lay down to build this conversation around is this. If we wait until we're ready we might not ever start. Hmm. And that has been really profound or really uh, revealed through many different scenarios in my life, uh, both small stuff and the big stuff. And I thought it was worth having a conversation about because I think we often wait until the perfect time or the right time or until we're ready to start. And I think there's a lot of good things that we can kind of touch upon as we talk about that. An example for that is often when people say to me, oh, you know, I'm going to start going to the gym once I get in shape. And I, I understand, I think I understand that perspective because 
you know, maybe they lack confidence or they're worried about what other people might think or say or judge about them. But um, that's just one that I've heard quite a bit is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to get in shape, but before I do that, I got to get in shape. And um, I always, th- I always think that that's a, that's a good one to chat about. Hmm. Why do you think that is? Why do you think it is that uh, starting is the hardest part? I think I've used this analogy in past episodes, but I think it's such a great one is that, you know, you have a stalled car on a flat ground and you need to move the car from A to B. And when you push the car or you start pushing the car, it is ever loving heavy and it's really difficult to get that thing going. And if you can get it moving just a tiny little bit, it takes so much to make that first inch or two inches move. But once you get it going a little bit, it just kind of gets progressively easier with each step. And as you continue to push, that momentum builds and moving the car gets easier and easier. And once you had that thing rolling, you could literally push the car across a section of the parking lot with your fingertips. And I think that that is a really good analogy of how it's difficult uh, just to start. I think the, the obstacles and the barriers often mentally that come with starting anything seem insurmountable. And once you get going and you've realized that you have surmounted them, is that even a term <laughs> that it's nice. easier just to keep it going? Yeah. That's I mean, you've never used that analogy yet, but now I, I like it. It makes sense because I used to push start my car a lot and I know exactly how that feels. It's interesting. You brought that up because yesterday I, oh, I've been telling you, I, I've been telling all of you, all the listeners, everybody who benefits from this or just listens to it. Um, about this breath work I've been playing with, right? And so I've I've gone into the to the the chambers of of breath work now to the point where I'm like, oh well, I wonder what this looks like when I do this while I'm working out. Like I'm just gonna breathe like nasal breathing. So yesterday, um, I'm on my way back to the half marathon thing, and yesterday was five miles, and I thought, okay, well, I'm just gonna go for it. Then I'm just gonna breathe through my nose for five miles and see how long that lasts, right? So I got about I don't know three quarters of a mile. And it was really getting difficult. I was like, man, this is hard. Right. And I thought, no, nope, you can keep going. No, nope, you can keep going a little further. Pretty soon I'm at, you know, two and a half, three and a half, four and a half. And I'm like struggling, like it's hard. Right. And then I finally got home and I, and I was like, oh, I, you know, I actually did it. But if I hadn't have just started that, like I would have never, you know, persevered through, through those like like you said, those mental blocks, those obstacles, right? Like you can do this a little bit longer. You can keep going a little bit longer. And it was all, it was only because I'd started that I was able to get that far. So that was, that was funny that we brought that, this, this comment, this topic up, I think is because, um, the, the more, I don't know, it's like the more you don't want to do something, the more you should do it. That's how I, that's how I look at that. My wife's like, you're, you breathe through your nose all the time. What are you nuts? (laughs) I was like, I guess, but I mean, I learned something about myself while I did it. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And for the listeners out there that may not have listened to every single episode, can you touch upon really quick your goal with the half marathon? Uh, yep. I'm off, uh, I'm off track because I, I did a hundred mile walk in November that ruined my foot for a while. But, um, my intent was for the calendar year, I think it was, or it doesn't really matter for, um, for one year's time, I would do a half marathon, um, every other week. And so I fell off that track, but, um, should be April midweek, second week of April. I think I started again, so I'll be back on track. But yep. nice. Speaking of running with your, uh, just only breathing through your nose. I feel like I'm going to botch this, but so don't quote me exactly on this. But there's some coming of man tradition, or you enter adulthood tradition, and I think it's an, I think it's a Native American tradition where the 
the person or the boy, I guess, at the, at the time puts X amount of water in his mouth and he has to run a certain amount of distance. And when he gets to the finish or whatever it is, he has to spit that water out to show that he went the distance, hmm. maintaining the water in his mouth the entire time. I'd have to do a little bit more research on it to find out exactly what the tradition is or exactly what it represents. So it's funny, like so much of what we do is just recycled from back in the day. Uh-huh. Like this, all, all this new fancy things like, you know, running with water in your mouth is will force you to breathe through your nose. And here we are just like repeating stuff that's been going on for centuries. Yeah. And it's funny um, when you get into it too, like the depth of like, once you start researching something on the internet, I'm, good luck, right? Like any, any rabbit hole you can go down there, but you're right. It's like, it always goes back to so you know, like if you dig far enough, it's like oh yeah, they've been doing this for thousands of years, <laughs> and I'm just selling this to you now because I can't. The internet, the internet's gonna be big someday. I think it's gonna be popular. I think it could take off. Yeah, it could. I'm not anyway, sure. getting back on track. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, so one of the things that I've kind of tried to do in my life is to try to get as much information about something before I make a decision, and I think oftentimes that has been very beneficial, but it's often been paralyzing. So uh, an example of that for my life is before I proposed to my wife, I talked to as many people as I could that had as many different perspectives on marriage as I could come up with. So I talked to people that had been happily married their whole lives. I talked to people that had brutal marriages, but were still married. I talked to people that were divorced. I talked to people that were remarried multiple times, people that never got married, just to kind of pick, pick everyone's brain about their their perspective about marriage. And in some ways that's been helpful. And in some ways that was just like more confusing and didn't help. Um, but some quips and quotes from certain people were, you know, were helpful in, in many ways. I did this before I bought a house. I did this before I bought my first car, d- different types of things. Um, but in many aspects of my life, I'm, I'm really grateful that I just started. And with some things, the result of it was more challenging than I predicted. And had I known the level of challenge that was going to go into it, I probably would not have done that thing. Uh, moving to Vietnam was an example of that. Like It was a really mentally taxing year for my wife and I to live over there, to live in a city that uh, didn't have any English speakers and was just... The culture, the language, everything about it was just so vastly different from you know what we were assimilated to. And Jen often says that our year in Vietnam might not have been what we wanted, but it was what we needed, right? And you often talk about finding that zone of discomfort and diving into it face first. Like the fact that this thing is uncomfortable, like you just said, is a sign that I should give it my attention. So I think you know going into things blind sometimes is actually a really cool experience, yet not easy. And that's just an example of, you know, you know, having a kid or getting married. If I overthink that type of thing versus just kind of going for it, I, it seems to paralyze me. But, um, someone once told me you make a decision and you move forward as if it was the right decision, regardless of the outcome. And I thought that was really helpful for me. Just like, yep, I made the decision. I'm not going to look back and, you know, be Monday morning quarterback. Um, and just, kind of move forward with it. So just starting something is really, really challenging, but I think it's really, really awesome at the same time. Yeah. Have you ever just, have you ever just started something and then and like immediately realized I shouldn't have done that? Uh, about two days into my bike ride across the United States, I realized that <laughs> I riding through the desert in July was not a great idea. Huh. But you planned that. 
So it wasn't like you just flew across the country and said, here's my bike. I'm going to ride back back home. Like there was a planning, right? Yeah. um, That was planned. I didn't realize how hot the desert was going to be. I didn't realize it was going to be 118 degrees and I didn't realize it was going to be mass amounts of miles between places to get supplies. But that's the one that jumped to my head really quick. Like two days into it, I was like, holy crap, what the heck did we just decide to do? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Hmm. I have so many questions about that trip. I've heard the the feces and now the desert. <laughs> and then there was the birthday in the middle. <laughs> you should make a movie about that. that yeah, that was, event. that was a good that was a good one. Um, but yeah, I think getting started on something is a really challenging thing. And I wish I had an answer that said, "Well, just get started." And a student came to me just um, this week and said, "You know, I'm just having really." hard time getting started on this. What do you suggest I do? And I just talked to him about how I believe that, you know, progress is the biggest motivator, but in order to have some level of progress, you have to take action even when you don't feel like it. And that takes a, a certain level of mental resolve and digging deep and trying to find that mental resolve to get started. But, you know, we talked about the minimal viable product. What's the smallest thing that I can do or the, you know, the easiest thing that I can do to start this thing? And like I've shared in the past, I was so scared to start this podcast, but I really wanted to do it. And my very first step was to go on YouTube and search how to start a podcast. And like all these videos popped up and I didn't even click on any of them. I looked for the shortest one. I copied the link and I emailed it to myself to watch another time. That was my first step was just to find a video without even watching it. And I was like, all right, when I'm ready, I'm going to watch this video. And so what's the, like, I think the mindset or the tactical piece for starting anything could be, What's the smallest thing that I can do? Because once you feel some level of accomplishment on that tiny little thing, then you can start to build on that. Yeah. You know, pushing the car across the parking lot, rolling the snowball, whatever analogy you want to use. And it's just a matter of at some point, you're going to have to be uncomfortable to dig deep to find the mental resolve to take that first step. Because I believe that that action creates mo- motivation. And once we start to f- recognize that action, we can build on that. Yeah. Do you, do you think in your experience, if it's interesting, is it easier? So if it's something that interests you, as opposed to if it's something that's tedious, like, do you find it easier to start, to just start? My, my quick response to that is yes, for, for anybody. And uh, if we're interested and it's relevant to our lives, we are right. much more likely to include it in our lives or to be willing to, to go there. I think what's tricky is many of the things that we want to start or many of the things that we want to do is because we're focused on the outcome, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to go on a diet because I want to lose X amount of pounds. I want to start lifting weights because I want to be able to feel better or pick up my grandkid when I'm 90 or I'm going to start saving money because I want to buy this thing, right? So those are like all outcome based And what I'm coming to learn is if we want that outcome, we're going to have to create what are called process-based goals in order to move ourselves closer to that. So if I'm trying to lose 30 pounds, I can't say to myself today, I'm going to say no to the sugar and eat the cucumber because I want to lose 30 pounds. I'm never going to get there because I'm so focused on that 30 pounds. I have to say, I'm going to do as well as I can today Mm. and feel as good as I can about myself today and build on that 
and just focus on, I'm going to say no to the sugar and eat the cucumber today because it's what I need to do today. If we're only focused on the outcome, it's very, very difficult to stay focused on the day-to-day. Whereas if the day-to-day now becomes the goal, if the process becomes the goal, yeah. we can stay with it. And we're not as worried about the timeline or the outcome is what can I do today? And that's something that I'm working on. What can I focus on today to move myself a little bit closer to that thing? It's called you know a low trajectory with a distant horizon. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm doing something today, my better than yesterday, that's the whole better than yesterday motto is based on that. I don't have yeah. to achieve a ton today. I just have to be better than I was yesterday so I can move myself closer to whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense and that, that resonates with me. But um there's a tricky there's a tricky nuance in that that I experience and it's um like dieting is a perfect example, right? Um like, oh like I eat keto ketogenic diet all the time, high fat, high protein, very little carbs. And in order to stay in a state of ketosis, you have to eat very low carbs all the time. And if you if you eat carbs more than you more than your body can handle, it'll kick you out of ketosis and then it'll take days to get back into it. So what what is tricky for me is sometimes it's like, okay, well, I want to go do this thing and I know it's going to involve eating a certain way or drinking in a certain way. And it's it's going to take me X amount of time to get out. And so on the on the way back in, I'll be like, well, you know, maybe one more day, <laughs> maybe one more day, you know? And so you tack on this other thing and you tack on another day. It's pretty soon like you're beating yourself up because you haven't achieved that balance. And now you're just tacking on more senseless, I don't want to start garbage, but it's, re- it's really not starting. It's I don't want to continue, right? Like, I don't know. Does it make sense? I find that I, I battle with that one more often than not. Yeah. A lot of people that I've spoken to that are trying to change their diet, it's like, oh, I'm going to try to make these dietary changes. And then once I have one mess up that day, it's like, oh, I screwed up today. I'm just going to go yeah. all out the rest of this day. I'll start again tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, yeah, that's a, that's a really tricky piece. And as someone who tends to be all or nothing on stuff, my my preferred way of living, I guess is the way to say it. I, I get caught up in that. Like I've shared, like if I'm going to have a piece of pie, I don't want a piece of pie. I want half the pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if I have one little bite of pie, I'm going to eat half the pie. And, and yeah, that's it's a tricky thing to navigate for sure. Yeah, that one's tough because it's like a hidden pitfall of, of just start because now I just started, but now I'm really feeling bad because I wasn't able to maintain that one day at a time, right? Like you were saying. So I think yeah. even even when even when I think about what you said at the very beginning was you know break it down to the what is it the smallest I can't remember what you said but um, yeah the yeah the minimal viable piece yeah right does that mean in in, ter- in like in that case would that be an instance of hours like is that a half a day like or is there increments you know where you can come back and be like okay I, that hour I I killed it now I'm going to keep on going I, like if you had to yeah, think, I think of a tactile way to teach somebody that another thing that I've learned from working with people is like everybody's just motivated so differently. You know, for some people, breaking it down to the hour or the minute is a really awesome way to approach this. Yeah. You know, like every minute that goes by that I didn't have that processed sugar, like that's a win and I can build on that. And for some people that, that wouldn't work at all. You know, for some people, a Fitbit and a tracking device is the most motivating thing yeah. ever. And for some people is the worst possible yeah. approach to making change. And it's, it's interesting, you know, as a teacher with a class of 20 kids, how every kid is motivated differently and trying to like dig into this kid wants me in their face telling me to keep going. This kid wants space and this kid wants to have a conversation about what's happening in their life. And this kid wants to be left alone. And it's, it's really, really an interesting thing uh, how humans are just motivated so differently. And there is no one size fits all for any of this. So 
I'm trying to figure it out for myself, which I have not done. And then I'm yeah. trying to help other people. Same. And uh, yeah, it's a tricky thing. Yeah, but that's. I, I do think, I do believe in the just start yeah. approach, especially for these things that are, what do they call them? Uh, the BHAGs, the big, hairy, audacious goals. The, the BHAGs are, we never get them started unless we start. I, that sounds such a, like, uh, oxymoronic thing to say but it's 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 really true like what can i do today to move move myself closer to that thing and because they're big hairy and audacious it's scary even though we want them so badly Hmm. that's interesting goals i don't think we've ever really talked about goals directly but like you were saying uh, you know before i got married i did this thing you know i went out and took you know got all this feedback or all this insight and i remember you saying um before you started teaching like wasn't there a lady that you met at this at the at the ski slopes and you sat down and had coffee with her? Like, what's what's going? So you're you're, you're very analytical, right? And there's a thing in software. It's called uh, analysis paralysis or paralysis by analysis. Like, I get yes. so hung up in looking for the thing that now I've lost. I've completely lost sight of what I was even looking for at the beginning, or like, and now I'm down some rabbit hole. But it's interesting to think about the big, the hairy, audacious goal, and like, how do you keep sight of that? And then just start or while you're starting, right? Because it seems so huge. Like, I don't even know where to start. And so if you just start, like you're saying, yeah, that's interesting to think about. Yeah. I once heard uh, the definition of focus is giving your attention to the details while always keeping the big picture in mind. And I, I That resonated with me. I love that. And it's like, you know, what's one small detail that yeah. I can try to lock away or to square away? I don't know if detail is the right word, but what's one small action I can yeah. take or one small thing that I can do and to build on that. But I, I believe that we have to have some measure of progress in our own mind and tend to build on that for anything. And you know, often work with high schoolers, the biggest question is not even high schoolers, everybody. Like how do you how do you help motivate the unmotivated? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and where do you start that process? And and yeah. I really believe that you just find the smallest peace and, and build off that. Yeah. That's it. I find that interest though. Interest works really, really well for me. But, um, you know, another funny thing is oftentimes once you start, it's a lot easier than you thought it was. And then you're like, why did I, why did I wait so long to start this? Cause I could have already had this done. <laughs> so that's where I thought this conversation was going to go when we chose this topic yeah. is that exactly what you just said. Like I've been pushing this thing off and pushing this thing off because of I was scared of this or uncomfortable with that. And once I started, those fears that I had completely dissipated because this thing that I thought was going to be this yeah. big scary thing isn't necessarily as, as bad. And that, those are the things that I get stuck on is the stuff that I just don't know how to do <clears throat> it. You know, like we just, we bought a new car and now I have to set up the automatic payment and I've set up automatic payments for many other things in my life, but I'm like, I'm putting this thing off because I just, I don't know how to set this automatic payment up and I, I need to do it this week, but I, I find reasons not to do it because I don't know how to do it and it's just easier to do stuff that I know how to do. Yeah. Do you, do you, how does that, um, when you think of the, that, that specific instance or ones that are like that? and procrastination, do those lines cross at all? Or is it because you don't know what you don't know, that's why you're less apt to start it? Or is it you're procrastinating because you don't know what to do? That's a great question. Yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah. Because like my taxes, I know how to do my taxes, but I, it's just such a cumbersome thing that I'm like, ah, I just don't want to ever get started. So that to me, that's like procrastination. It's not just start, but the just start applies when I get there. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot how brainless this is and I could do this in 20 minutes and it's been that way for the last five years, but I still don't want to do it. So. Yeah. The, the, the mental energy, I think just, I wonder if we're not great um, forecasters of how much mental energy something is going to take. You know, I mean, we, we as humans are pattern recognizing machines. Like that's what's kept us alive throughout our existence is like, we, we make connections. We, we're always, whether we recognize it or not, our brain is always looking to connect and to, to recognize yeah. patterns and to, you know, that's the survival instinct that we have. And I'm wondering if, you know, something that's going to take X amount of mental energy that we aren't prepared to give, we avoid. Hmm. That's very, yeah. Yeah. That might be why you're more apt to do things in the morning because you're fresh, right? You're not, you don't have to like try to scale how much, you know, have you ever heard the spoons theory? Like I don't have that many spoons to give this, this thing today or you're not taking my spoons away. Have you ever heard that? No. So in the day, and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes when I find it, but um, basically my understanding is uh, in any given day, you only have certain amount of mental bandwidth. So let's equate those to spoons. So let's say you have 10 spoons in the day, right? So if somebody comes to you at, you know, 6 a.m. and says, you know, hey, I need this thing for you, you're more apt because you're like, oh, look at all these spoons I have. So maybe I'll spend two or three. But if they come to you at 3 p.m. and it's almost any day, you're like, look, man, I don't have any spoons left for this. So it's interesting that you put it in those kind of terms. Like, yeah, I think that starting in the morning definitely works for me a bit better. I'm sure yeah, I think of things that would be tactical that people could use. So starting anything in the morning, too, there's just less things that can get in the way of yeah. that thing, right? Like I always say the only thing that's interrupting or the only thing that's going to get in the way of my morning workout is my own laziness for not getting out of bed. Yeah. There's, there's not, there's no meetings. My daughter's still asleep. There's no, nothing that, that is going to hmm. get in the way of me doing a workout at four thirty in the morning, except for me four thirty in the evening. Now stuff throughout the day is piled up and, it's it's harder to get to that workout because this has popped up that I need to square it away and my daughter's having a meltdown and the heater broke and I need to contact the guy. Like all these things can pop up during the day. And that's why when you talk about people talk about like win the morning, win the day yeah. or the miracle morning is there's just less things that can get in your way for, for achieving. But you know, but there's also something to be said for people that are just not morning people and they optimize in the evening hours. You know, there's, um, there's a term for that and there's like larks and huh. I don't know, people, people that optimize at different times throughout the day. So, you know, that's to be taken into consideration as well. So yeah. I think it's easy to say win the morning, win the day if you're a morning person. Yeah. Right. But I also, be I believe that we can train ourselves to be things, um, that we wouldn't think that we ever could be. Like, I, I think we can train ourselves to be morning people. And I think we can train ourselves to eat food that we don't like. We can train ourselves to not get offended or our feelings hurt. Or we can train ourselves to be mentally stronger. My definition of mental strength is knowing the difference in what you have control over and what you don't. I think those skills, we can train ourselves if we're willing to put in the time and the energy. But and I guess start. what it comes back to is you just got to start. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Huh. Interesting. It's so funny how all these things we talk about eventually lead back to other facets of things we, we talk about often. It's... It's mind-boggling yeah. sometimes. So like the shame that's involved with not just starting like I was talking about or, you know, not eating right for that day. And then like your expectations, those will lead you to not start something because, you know, oh, I expect I'm going to fail. So why would I start? 
I love these conversations. Fantastic. When you, but when you talk about tactical pieces, and I, I'm not I'm not a psychologist when it comes to the brain and neurological connections. I, I don't specialize in any of that. But if someone were to ask me, Pete, give me tactical specifics on ways that I can start something that I've been putting off. Um, my answer is find the smallest place to start and commit to X amount of time, whether it's 30 seconds, a minute, five yeah. minutes, whatever that is. Keep a written log or journal that you can see somewhere so you know if you achieve that goal or not for the day with a check mark or an X or a highlight, whatever that is, and then share your success with someone who genuinely cares about you. So a text, an email, a phone call, whatever it is to say, hey, I did this thing. And hopefully in a perfect world, that person can be reporting to you something they're working on. So I've started this practice at night where I stretch, I do some physical therapy to address my nagging injuries, and now I'm doing a four-minute meditation practice because of you. Hey, congratulations. I mean, I mean with help, with, with support of you, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> because of And it's, so I do 26 minutes of stretching and physical therapy, and then I do the last four minutes of meditation before mm -hmm. I get ready to brush my teeth and go to bed. And I'm finding myself at the end of the day, exactly what we're talking about, not having the mental energy to do this thing, which is supposed to be relaxing. How about the irony there, right? So I email my buddy and I go, hey, I need an accountability partner for this. Every morning, I'm going to email you and tell you whether I did my 30 minutes before or if I did my 30 minutes the night before. And when I say to you, I did my 30 minutes, you know exactly what that means. You know, I did my physical therapy. I did my stretching. I did my mindfulness. So now I just wake up in the morning and the first email I send off, just put in my routine. Hey, got my 30 minutes. And then when I get 20 of them, he and I get to go do something special together. Ah. <laughs> so like like we go for a hike or Interesting. You know, we'll, we'll go for a car ride or whatever it is. Hmm. And so so that's kind of, I needed that carrot. I needed that accountability. Um, so I have my, my thing. I have my, I'm, I'm logging it, tracking it, and then I'm including somebody else in it. Wow. And I feel like for a starting point for anything, I feel like that's a really good place to be. And I tell Everyone that I know, like if you don't have someone that you think cares about the progress, I do. So have me be that person. Wow. And I have texts that go off on my phone every night of people in my life that are working on things and I get emails and it's a really cool thing to be a part of. Like I'm really, really grateful. I have one student who hit me up about food stuff early in the school year and we said, all right, like let's, let's take a step here. What do you want to do? And I asked her to write down everything she ate for three straight days. So we, then we just kind of analyzed it, went over it and said, all right, the first thing we can do is let's see if we can go a day without having fast food. Everything else is on the table, just no fast food. And she was able to go a day and then she was able to go two days over time, not in a row, but over time. And after a couple of weeks, she was able to get through an entire week without fast food. And once the fast food thing was now a regular part of her life, then we looked at the next piece. All right, what's the next piece? Okay, I'm eating too much candy. All right, how much candy are you eating? I'm eating four snacks of candy a day. All right, can we do three? Yeah, let's try. So then over time, we got it down to three and then down to two and then down to one. And then we're still at one right now. So right now we're at no fast food, one snack a day. And then we started to, all right, well, how much, how many fruits and vegetables are you having? Well, not very many. Well, let's see if you can have a fruit or vegetable today. So then she added one, two. Now she's eating three fruits or vegetables every day. So now she's got the fruits and vegetables. She's got the snack. She's got the fast food. And then the next piece was not eating uh, after bed and before breakfast. So now she goes 12 hours without eating 
after after bed and before breakfast. So she gets to check for that. And I get a text every hmm. night from this student that's four numbers and a check mark. And she's just slowly been building that. We started that in September, October, November, December, January, February, March. Here we are. And she's made such amazing progress just making small changes over time and having someone that she knows will help hold her accountable to that. Huh. We meet every week and reset the goals. And some goals stay the same and some goals get enhanced. And we're now to the point where she hasn't had fast food in months and it's not even like a challenge for her. It's just part of her life. So it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. That's that's it. Exactly. It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. That's so it's so every day, every day that we do this podcast, I learn something deeper about Peter. Like, for example, that's ex- those are exactly the words that you said to me. Hey, help me be accountable for this um, for this podcast. I needed and that. I, and I didn't even realize that there was a, an entire like foundation uh, framework underneath that, like of this thing you do, which is so awesome. Like it, it just speaks volumes about like your efficacy. probably, I don't know this for a fact, but as a teacher, like who, like who does that, right? Like who has time to do that themselves and have the awareness to, to know that that works for them. And then not only that, but you also extend that to other people that you hope to see, hope to inspire change. I, I, that's it's phenomenal well, I, for me to think that. I love that. Great. Like when we talk about purpose and meaning, like that, I feel is my purpose. Is how can yeah. I help other people be better? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel that way and too. You but help, I don't, and you help me, but I don't put frameworks. So, like you, yeah, it would be very. Um, I think that would be very useful to a lot of people if you were able to like write down like the last thirty minutes, you know, twenty minutes, ten minutes that you were just saying. Like, make a framework out of that, and and like. You know what I mean? Like, like put those pieces on paper somewhere and say, here's, here's a good way to do that thing. Just start equals get somebody that's counted. Like those things that you said, because yeah. I never had put those together in that way. And if you delivered that to somebody, I think if they backed out of it and saw that whole picture, they're like, oh, well, it, I, I just had to start. <laughs> like, yeah, that's all you had yeah. to do. You know, you said earlier, you know, how do you, I, I don't know exactly what you said, but it's the same thing I always say, uh, you know, how do you make the horse thirsty? Like I have the water, you know, I, I know where to go to get it. I know how long yeah. it's going to take to go there, but you're not thirsty. So that's not going to be helpful. But I think that um, having what you just said, I think it's something that could help a lot of people. Yeah. 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 And, and this particular example that I'm giving, um, you know, this student has just showed a high level of mental resolve. Like she was willing to, she, she asked me to help her and I, I sat down with her. And I was just real with her. I said, Hey, if I'm going to work with you on this, like this needs to be for real. I've had so many students yeah. say, Oh, I want your help. And then don't go waste my time. Yeah. 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 I, I don't ever consider it a waste of my time because that's yeah. what I love to do. But those that want to join me in that or partner with me in that, like I'm all in. Huh. And, you know, um, this, this particular student has been and it's just been really cool and i you know all my students know i go to bed at 8 30 so if they send me anything after 8 30 they they get a reply in the morning so i wake up in the morning and i see the numbers separated by the commas and it's just a it's a imagine you know i get to start my day that way every day that's that's so cool because you send me clips and things like that all the time of people giving you and i i remember wondering like where do these people come from? They just send them randomly send you all these cool things in text. And now like, now I know where that starts. That's really cool. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. try to implement that. Yeah. Cause that's like reverse gratitude, right? Well, I mean, it's gratitude, but you wake up to that and you're just like, yeah, now I get the yeah. things in the morning and you're off to yep. the races. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Yeah. So thanks Thank for you. holding me accountable with starting this podcast. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I would have never known if we didn't have started this podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah cool yeah so 
do we have to just end this? I, I don't know how we're going to. After just starting just it? starting, we just just end, I guess. Just oh, So good. Yeah, I don't awesome. know. Awesome. Good, good. Yeah. Well, we thank you so very much for your ears. We really appreciate your time. We're incredibly grateful for your attention. We are the Schooling Struggle Podcast. We just started. Now we're ending. And we are out. See ya. See ya.